0: Well, hey there everyone, I'm Daniel Hahn and I'm the online campus pastor here at Oxford Assembly of God Church and this is our podcast and I just want to thank you for listening today. We hope the message you're about to hear inspires you, builds your faith, and helps you see that God has a purpose for your life. And now, let's get into the message. Marcia and Sheena and Kevin and I had the honor of representing you in Springfield this week. Now, for those of you who don't know, Springfield is our mecca. That's the holy land of the assemblies of God. We were recognized. You were recognized as one of the top BGMC. Now that means Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. Now some people says bring God more cash, but uh, I'm, you know it really doesn't mean that. But uh, we were, you were honored and recognized as being number 18 and the entire nation for BGMC giving. That's out of 13,000 plus churches. You were number one in churches of our size. So what an honor and privilege. Now, I knew that that trip, I've been there before, God's blessed us so much, and you've been so generous. But I knew that that week was gonna be full. So I told my wife, said, I've got to have my sermon ready before I leave because there won't be any time preparing it while we're in Springfield. And so God blessed me with a thought and I basically had it lined up. And every meeting that we went to this week confirmed the message for today. It confirmed the message for today. And the message is this, it's great to be part of the team. It's great to be part of the team. Now, notice I didn't say a team because there's plenty of teams. I said the team. The team. Now, when I talk about the team, I'm not talking about just Oxford Assembly. I'm not even talking about just the Assemblies of God. I'm talking about God's team. It's a great to be part of the team. Now I think you realize that I don't know about all the other denominations. I don't know what everybody else is doing. I don't even half the time know what I'm doing. And I know somebody said, I'm glad you finally admitted that. But I'm glad to know that we're part of the team and I'm glad to be part of the Oxford Assembly of God team. But there's really only one team. I said, there's a really only one team and that's God's team. Someone once said, well, what about all the different denominations? What about all of our names that we have? Well, I like the one illustration said, well, it really doesn't matter. If you go up, your name's going to fall off. If you go down, it's going to burn off. <laughs> so I'm glad to be part of the team. Now, I mentioned this in my Discover OAG class. But, and I know some of you know it because you've heard me say it before. But if you're not familiar with it, and I asked you the question, what percentage of the Assemblies of God is in the United States? Now, now those of you that know it, don't shout it out. But what would your answer be if you don't know? What do you think is the Assemblies of God? What percentage is in the United States? Well, let me give you the answer. 5%. 95% of the Assemblies of God is not in the United States. Aren't you glad you're part of that team? Glad to know this bigger than the United States, This bigger than Oxford. Remember when Joshua asked the question of, I believe it was Jesus that appeared to him. He said, are you for us or against us? Are you for the adversary or against us? Now he didn't answer yes or no. Because we need to understand something. When Jesus came to this earth, he didn't come to take sides. He came to take over. I said he came to take over. And he did. Now, Abraham Lincoln may have said it best. When they asked him about the Civil War. He said, my concern is not whether God is on our side. My greatest concern is to be on God's side. For God's side is always right. God's side is always right. Now there's an old story that most of you have heard. But a a rancher was sitting on his porch rocking away. And a big fancy automobile came up and a guy got out, dressed real neat. And he went up to the rancher and said, sir, is this your property? He said, yes, it is. He said, well, I need to look it over. I'm with a certain agency of the government, and I need to check out what all you have on your property. And the guy said, well, you know, uh, go ahead. I'd recommend you not going into the paddock out behind the barn, but you go. And the guy got upset. He pulled out his badge, said, sir, see this badge? This badge gives me the authority to go anywhere I want to. This badge gives me the authority to say what I want to say. It gives me the authority to do what I want to do. See this badge? The guy said, okay, okay. Well, so he began to proceed, and the first place he went was the paddock across next to the barn. And the next thing the rancher knew was a scream. Ah! Help! 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 And he looked, and the guy was running wide open with a Brahma bull. Right on, his, right on his heels. And the rancher said, show him your badge. Show him your badge. <laughs> well, you know. I almost named this message, show him your badge. But the reality is. We really sometimes don't know about authority, but I think that many of us know that people abuse authority, but I think there's many, many Christians that we need to show Satan our badge, show him that we are children of God, show him that we are part of something bigger than he is, and that we're going to win. I think we need to have the right attitude about it. I read another quote of Abraham Lincoln that I, i I've never seen this before, but I thought it was really great. He says, nearly all men can stand adversity. But if you want to test a man's character, give him power. Let me say that again. Isn't that good? Nearly all men can stand adversity. But if you want to test a man's character, give him power. Now, we've all have seen the abuse and misuse of power, even among Christians. I said, even among Christians. Being a Christian gives us authority, and it gives us power, but it does not give us the right to walk in the flesh. See, some people think just because they got the badge, they can walk in the flesh, the Bible tells us to walk what? In the spirit. And when we're walking in the spirit, I believe anytime we need to, we can flash the badge and say, God has given me authority. God has given me power. God has given me the ability to claim the victory. John chapter 1 Verse 9, a passage of scripture that many, many are familiar with. Let's read it. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name... He gave the right to become children of God. Now, let me read that again. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Now, I remember reading that in the King James Version. It says he gave them the, what, power to become the children of God. I read another translation, it says he gave them the authority To become a child of God. Well let's continue reading. It says who were born not of the will. Not of the blood. Nor of the will of the flesh. Nor of the will of man. But of God. They were born of the spirit. Now again you say. Well what what was a proper. Interpretation of that word. Well I may not. Pronounce it correctly. But if the word in the Greek is which means it's been translated five different words in the New Testament. Authority, power, liberty, jurisdiction, and right. So actually you can put any one of those five words in there and correctly interpret that scripture. To as many as received him. To them gave he authority. To them gave power. To them gave liberty. To them gave jurisdiction. To them you gave the right to do what? To become the sons of God. Each one of those. And yes, friends, sometimes we need to rise up and show Satan our badge and say, I have the authority. I have the liberty. I have the right to be called the child of God. Now, some people say, well, pastor, that's okay. But that doesn't mean now that means in heaven. Well, let's see what God says about that. Let's go over to 1 John. That's the same one that wrote those words. Over in 1 John 2, verse 28. And now, little children, abide in me so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been, what, born of him or joined the team. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. Now, listen, I'm excited to be part of the team. I'm excited to be called a child of God. I'm excited to know that I'm going to win in team. I don't like to lose. I said, I don't like to lose. I'm a competitor. And I'm glad I'm a Christian competitor because I'd be in trouble if I was a center competitor because I'd still want to win. And guess what? Sinners center's not going to win. But a Christian, what? We're going to win. Why? Because we are. The reason why the world does not know him is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children when we get to heaven. No, that's not what I said. Beloved, we are God's children now. Now. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Oh, I could cap there a while that we purify ourselves as we live for him. As we work together as a team, as we yield ourselves to God, he purifies us, he cleans us, he makes us godlier. Notice I did not say he does not make us gods. He makes us godlier, but beloved, we are the sons of God now. So he's given us liberty. He's given us authority. He's given us the power to be called a son of God now. Now, I'm so glad to be part of the team. Look what Paul said in the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 3. Verse 23, now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming, faith would be revealed. When did that happen? When Jesus came. Faith was revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we're no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have been put on Christ. In other words, we've joined the team. We've become a child of God. We're sons of God. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you're all or one in Christ Jesus. And if you're Christ, then you're Abraham's offspring heirs according to the promise. Why? Because we joined the team. Now I can guarantee you, Satan would like to have you on his team. He said, I choose you, 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 you. He'll choose you all because he wants everybody on his team. But I don't want to be on his team for a number of reasons. But one of them is he always loses. I want to be on the winning team. I'm glad to be part of the team. While we were in Springfield, we were privileged to tour the brand new facilities of the Convoy of Hope. Now, it's not even finished yet. But Convoy of Hope is an awesome ministry. They've just bought property and are building a 250,000 square foot distribution center. Now, they did that because they needed more space. So they sold their 350,000 square feet. I know some of your math said, well, wait a minute. You said they needed to get bigger. They did. Their new facility, because they're able to go a lot higher, is able to handle twice the material that the old one held. And right after they bought the property, this rinky-dink business bought right near them, and caused their property to skyrocket. You know what the name of the company was? You might've heard of them, Amazon. (laughs) Amazon bought right near there. And they, the building cost $60 million. But you know what the best thing is? They're not quite finished with it yet and they only owe $5 million on it. God is doing some awesome things. I said, God is doing some awesome things. The assemblies of God's setting the pace. Oxford Assembly has been a pace setter for years. A number of our ministries, other people are doing. They're copying. I get asked, Pastor, did it not bother you that they're doing what you started? I said, no. I stole the idea from somebody. You know what? You know me. If I get an idea, I have to spit it out before it dies of loneliness. <laughs> so I, I'm glad to take other people's ideas. And remember that quote: that imitation is the greatest form of flattery. I wished dozens of churches here would do more like we're doing. Why? Because I want the winning team to grow I want God's kingdom to grow and we're on the winning team many people ask well what can I do what can I do that's a good question simple answer you just do what God asks you to do because I'll tell you something God will never ask you to do something you can't do because if he calls you, he will equip you. Now, I know there's a lot of people that want to go preach to millions. But chances are that if you won't cross the street, you're not going to cross the sea. So, what do we need to do? Well, let's look at that. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 18. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone... Thinks that he is wise in this age. Let him become a fool that he may become wise. Now that, I'm glad God lays the groundwork. If you begin to think that you're something, chances are you'll be nothing. And I love what Brother Hadley says. Some of you remember this. If you wouldn't blow the bubble quite so big, it wouldn't make such a mess when it bust. <laughs> For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness, and again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos, or Cephas, or the world of life, or life or death, or the present or the future, all are yours. And you are Christ, and Christ is God's. Now, let's not stop there. Let's go on to the next chapter. This is how one should regard us. As the elite? No, that's not what it says. As Mister Big? No. Let them be regarded as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Stewards. That means you've been given the responsibility to take care of the mysteries of God. And then in chapter verse two it says, "Moreover, it is required of stewards." Now, who's the stewards? It's those people that thought they were not wise and God gave them the wisdom to understand the mysteries that they could share and become a steward of and it says of that steward let him be found faithful. Found faithful. Faithful at what? That's a good question. Faithful at what? While touring the Conville Hope Center, we were able to look out over the huge, huge complex, and they had forklifts going everywhere, loading stuff. Is Val Boer here? Okay, Val. We looked down over, right down below us, was pallet loads of stuff that says individual hygiene kits. Now, I don't know if they were some that we sent or not. But I was just reminded that Val got the idea we need to help send some hygiene kits to Convo of Hope. And they had pallet loads of them ready to ship out. To go. Where? We don't know. Wherever they needed to go. We saw them. Some of you filled those kits. No idea where they'll go. But I can tell you everywhere they went, and everywhere they will go, they go with God's love and God's care. Another thing we got to visit was the brand new, it's not even finished yet, the World Prayer Center. Did any of you know we had a World Prayer Center? I didn't have a clue. It's built on Central Assembly's property and our new Assistant General Superintendent had a vision. And there's a a room, it's not a huge room, it's not a luxurious building, but it's a pretty good sized room that they've got a map on the floor. Literally drawn on the floor that you can walk, pull your shoes off and you can walk and put your feet on China and pray for China. Or you can go to the Ukraine and pray for Ukraine and the goal is to open this up where it be twenty-four hours a day that people be going in there praying over God's work. I wanna tell you, it's great to be on the team. It's great to be on the team. Second Corinthians chapter five. Verse fourteen. For the love of Christ controls us. Some translations say compels us. But either way. We're moved forward by God's love. Because we have concluded this. That one has died for all. Therefore all have died. And he died for all. That those who live. Might no longer live for themselves. But for him who for their sake died. And was raised. Drop down to verse 19. That is. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. Now, some of you don't know what reconciling the world means, but if you reconcile your bank book, you reconcile, it means you balance out what's owed and what's paid. And God paid it all. He said, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of God to be reconciled to God. In other words, join the team to become a child of God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Go to one more verse, working together with him. Then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. God has given us a challenge. He's given us an opportunity to be on his team, to work for him. And what a privilege and what a joy it is. Did you catch that working together? Have any of you ever worked with somebody that was a sluggard? Don't vote. Don't tell us who it was. We all have. But let me know that God's never slack. God's never slugged. He's going to carry his end of the deal. Matter of fact, he said, Jesus himself said, come, let us be yoked together. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Because what's that mean? That means he's going to do the heavy lifting. He's just letting us work together with him. I'm so glad I'm on the team. Working together with him. Now notice we use the word team. And that's what we are. Yet more than that, we're also family. I said, we're family. And we make up the team. And every player is important. I hear it all the time. Pastor, I can't do this. I can't do that. Now, let me just throw this out there. Convoy of Hope is in Poland. Poland. I think I'll comment that on that in a few minutes. But if any of you men are capable of going and staying in Poland for a while, they need somebody to oversee their work there. What are they doing? They're remodeling a building that we bought that they're turning into a refugee center. The BGMC had paying for the renovation. Now they're just trying to get it done. And see, I want to tell you something. I wouldn't be worth two cents going over there. You say, yeah, you're too old. I wouldn't have been worth two cents when I was young. I can't build. I told him when we started looking about these plans, I said, well, if I build it, would have to be a round church because I can't cut a straight line. You don't want me to go to rescue those people in Poland. And I say this honestly, if any of you know someone that has has the ability and capabilities to volunteer their labor and go oversee that building, particularly in plumbing, because they're going to redo that and turn it into individual bedrooms and kitchens so that families can go in there and live until they be replaced and put somewhere else. Room for 160 refugees. All of that is through Conway of Hope. God's doing some awesome things. He said, well, I can't do it. Do you know the minimum salary of a kicker for the NFL is? Now, I'm not, if, if you happen to have a son that's a kicker, I'm not getting upset with, don't get upset with me. But I'm just telling you that if the game ends in a tie, he didn't do, if it ends nothing to nothing, he didn't do beans. He never got off the bench because they didn't need him to kick. But the minimum salary of the kicker is over $600,000 a year. Now, some of them paid a couple of million, but they're better kickers. But everybody wants somebody that can kick. You say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about what sports calls role players. If you don't think that that is important, you go talk to the premium that missed the extra point. You talk to somebody that didn't make it. Or you talk to somebody that didn't make it and got carried off the field on somebody's shoulders. And all he did was kick a ball. Now I'm not making fun of that, I'm just telling you that role players are important Role player is important. I've been trying to figure out how to recognize some of the team here at Oxford because we got a great team. Not just staff, but so many others. I already mentioned Val Boer that headed up that ministry. I didn't mention Jeannie's Sunday school class that every year for the last number of years has given a hundred. Christmas stockings to Native American Indians. That's given out by the local children's uh, local pastors on the Indian reservation. You know that's not real hard to do. Let's face it, if Jeannie can do it, anybody can, right? (laughs) Just teasing. Might mention something else. We know you take our teams to Cuba. How awesome is that? We've been literally most places of the world, or many. And it's great to be part of the team. But I can tell you the team that stays here and works with WAC is just as important as the team that goes to Cuba. Because that's what God called us to do. Linda Abner's here this morning and I asked her and she told me it's okay. See, after her husband retired from the military... They could have retired to Oklahoma where they're from, but instead they went to Papua New Guinea, lived in the bush for 10 years without electricity other than what could be produced by a generator. I see Brother Harry Dietrich here. I did not know till his dear wife's funeral just a few weeks ago I knew she was on staff at uh, the church in New York. The one that Dave Wilkerson started. But I didn't know that she was over the entire children's ministry. Wow. Wow. And I didn't know because you talk to her, you think she had several degrees. She did from third or fourth grade. But God used her. It's great to be on the team. We got to meet a missionary couple that were on furlough from Guatemala. And I think he would not mind me saying this because he talked about his inadequacies. He said, you know, I'm not one of these that can do a lot of wonderful things. But God planted a seed in his heart to do a ministry. I want him to show a video of one of the results of that seed that's a two year old kid collecting eggs now she would not let her dad go out or does not let her dad go out and collect eggs by himself now I know some of you say well what's the big deal about that see in Guatemala it's another one of those third world countries where they don't have a lot to live on and he had the idea what if we start Instead of just giving them some eggs, why don't we give them a chicken pen and give them some chickens? And he said he thought he might could do 50 or 100 of those, so he asked BGMC if they would help him do this. And they've been able to give hundreds of chicken pens and chickens away. And you say, well, big deal. But I can tell you what hit me. Whenever this girl's cousin, when they was talking to her about the eggs, she said, you mean I can have an egg of my own? And when they found out that that family of six had one egg a day, that they added to their rice and to their beans to make it go further. And every one of these chicken pens and chickens are given away through the churches, through people in the church, so that these kids can have an egg of their own. How many thinks it's okay to give an egg of their own they can eat instead of having six eat on one egg? All because a pastor thought, I got this weird idea. I think you'd say it wasn't a good idea, it was a God idea. God placed in his mind, His spirit. And you know what else has come of this? During COVID, I told you that 95 percent of our mission, our believers are not in the United States. During COVID, we lost over 300 ministers in Guatemala to COVID. Most of them left their families. Brother Brown being traveling with Shambach, uh, not Shambach, yeah. I told you I'd forget the names already. But anyway, for years, traveled overseas. And these people all have the social programs we have. So when the breadwinner's gone, they're gone. Every one of those pastor's families has been given some chickens, given a pen, just because A man had an idea. It's great to be part of the team. Well, what what does that mean? Well, I think the greatest thing is when we join the team through salvation. For as many as received Him, He gave the power, He gave the authority, He gave the right to be called the Son of God. Now, folks, if you're not on that team, I'm sorry. But it's open for everyone. I said it's open for everyone. And our first service this morning, Floyd Williams was here, and I used him as an illustration. Floyd coached the Wildwood Middle School football team for a number of years. did an awesome job. But you know what? A lot of times in middle school it's not easy to detect the future of somebody's body. Because you know a sawed off runt in middle school might be 6'5 when they graduate from high school. It's not always easy to see the physical manifestation. How many know it's probably even more difficult to see the spiritual manifestation? To know that any of those children. One of the honors I had this week was to introduce Sheena to the head of the National Youth Children's Department and the BGMC coordinator. And I was able to say she was one of our bus kids. She was one of our bus kids that now has headed up our children's ministry. Number 18 in the nation, BGMC Giving. What's it mean to be part of the team? It means that we've joined the team. What's it mean? It means that you're not fighting the battle by yourself. Tom, you're not fighting by yourself. You got the body of the team with you. If you haven't joined the team... I can't think of a better day than today to join it. But not only that, when you're part of the team, you're also part of the family. The family church for the family of God. We don't just say that. We literally mean it. We want you to be part of the family. Well, pastor, I'm just passing through. That's okay. That's okay. Take what you've learned today and take it to where you are. Because... Some of you need to show the enemy your badge. I am a child of God. I have the authority. I have the power. I have the right to pray. I have the right to worship because God has redeemed me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I want our team to come back up. I want us to close this morning with thinking of that old song. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. How many of you're glad that you're on the team? Amen. What about the rest of you? I'm glad that I'm on the team. The winning team. The winning team. <laughs> And there's a standing invitation for every one of us to join. I can guarantee you that Satan wants you on his team, but I wouldn't want to be on his team because he loses. I want to be on God's team. It's great to be a part of a fellowship of believers. It's great to be part of the family. And if you've got nothing else to thank God about this morning, would you praise him with me? That we're part of his family. That we're part of his family. And if you've never received Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, he came to this earth for that purpose. To make you part of the family. Father, I ask you to minister by your power and your strength. I'm so glad. I'm so honored, Father, to be a part of your family. Be part of your team. Knowing that I'm myself with nothing, but with you, I can do all things. So Father, I ask you to help faith arise in us right now. Help the purpose of the church arise in us right now. That we're all part of your family. And we give you praise, give you honor, and give you glory. On behalf of our pastor and staff here at OAG, we want to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of our ministry. We are grateful for you and the support you give our church and its ministries so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do, to be the family church for the family of God. For more content from Pastor Strickland and Oxford Assembly of God, check out our media website at oag.church/media.